welcome to the First Time Podcast. I'm your host, Tad. If this is your first time listening to the First Time Podcast, it's really, really simple. Either me, the guest, or both of us are experiencing something for the first time, and we're going to talk about it. We're back on movies today, and this is a first time watch for me. I know that one of my guests has seen it, and I believe it's a first time watch for my other guest. Uh, so today's guests are the co-hosts of the Campfire Indoctrination Podcast on the PFPN. Welcome Aaron and Derek to the show. Hello, thank you for having us. Hello, thank you very much. So it's sort of cool, like if you guys think this podcast sounds different, it's because I'm actually recording in person for the first time in, I, I can't, maybe second time ever, but first time in, in a long, long time. And uh, Aaron happened to be in town and Derek lives nearby. So uh, meet up in person, do it face to face. It brings a whole different energy to it. Yay, vaccines. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <science. laughs> yeah, so um, why don't you guys... Tell us a little bit about your podcast, Camp, Campfire Indoctrination. Um, Campfire Indoctrination podcast is a horror movie podcast where Aaron, uh, Duke, and I discuss a horror movie from front to back. We pick one horror movie per episode and just kind of break it down, have fun with it, uh, and decide whether or not it's actually a horror movie and... Uh, if it's a victim or a killer. I'm not a traditionally a horror movie fan. I'm a big cinephile, but there is a lot of the horror genre that I haven't haven't seen. I'm being exposed to. Derek is well, he he wears it on his sleeve. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. He's got a sleeve tattoo of zombies and that sort of thing. So he's indoctrinating me into the horror film culture. Yes. Well, it sort of makes me think of, and maybe it's just my um, generation, but I think of Are You Afraid of the Dark, how they have the Midnight Society. They sit yes. around the campfire, and it's like when they bring a new member in, you have to tell a story when you sit down. So, like, you're introducing him to these. Mm-hmm. I've had a lot of guests who actually come to me, and they're like, I want to do a horror movie because I know that's your thing, and I don't get to watch many, so they sort of want, like, direction. Like, pick something that you think I might like. Cause, right. Because, you know, people think... I don't like horror. Well, there's body horror, there's slashers, there's, uh, you know, endless genres, just mm. like just like metal. There's almost too many genres or porn. There's a million, <laughs> you know, a million genres. I don't know what you mean. Yeah, I... and it's like, you know, there's something for everybody that, you know, you just got to find what they'd like. You know, it's like even uh, there's kid-friendly stuff, you know, it's like there's, in mm-hmm. horror, not not porn. Yeah. Um, but, uh, <laughs> you know, but... It, Very good that you made that. I just wanted to make, yeah. that, make that clear, but... Um, yeah, I just I feel like if you find the right thing, so that's what's sort of been fun about this podcast is like, uh, if I'm if I have a friend and I'm like I know they would love this movie if they just would see it, get that off the watch list because I know uh, people have come to me said the same thing like I've had this movie forever, and um, this one that we're going to talk about today is like a huge blind spot in my history. Um, we're going to go ahead and talk about Goldfinger. Stop. Look. Gunning for trouble. Double O seven. It spells Bond. Shocking. He's the idol of every woman. Who are you? Bond. James Bond. The envy of every man. The nemesis of the treacherous Mr. Goldfinger. Goldfinger. 
thrill-making cinema entertainment. The man with the mind. A three-time winner for Fleming's secret agent 007. Who are you? My name is Pussy Galore. Isn't it customary to grant the condemned man his last request? You've asked for this. Come and purr over Honor Blackman as Pussy Galore. The female who is all feline. Also starring Gert Roper as Goldfinger. International cheat. International menace. Gentlemen! Goldfinger, why weren't we told the New York and the West Coast weren't on this? Goldfinger, I made a delivery. Where is my money? And you owe me one million bucks. Goldfinger, the man with a finger in every pie. His goal, Fort Knox, the world's biggest bank. His enemy, 007, the world's wiliest, toughest gentleman agent with a license to kill. 007, it spells Bond. James Bond, mixing business with girls and thrills. Girls and fun. Girls and danger. The hotter the danger, the cooler he takes it. I think you've made your point, Goldfinger. Thank you for the demonstration. Choose your next witticism carefully, Mr. Bond. It may be your last. Do you expect me to talk? No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. So uh, Goldfinger is a, obviously a James Bond movie, but um, Aaron was the one that came and, and I sort of put it out there. I said, here's all the movies I haven't seen. I've talked about it on the show before. I have this uh, never ending letterbox list. When something goes off of it, I add another one to it of movies I haven't seen. And people are amazed I've never seen a single Bond movie. I mean, it's... Have you? What is your Derek? Was your um my James Bond uh, like my knowledge of the movies is not very vast. Uh, Aaron got me. I I was kind of dragging my feet. Aaron got me into them in the Daniel Craig era. Like I started watching them then, and then I went back and watched the Pierce Brosnan ones, and that's pretty much it. Like I watched Goldeneye probably eighteen years. After I played Goldeneye on Nintendo oh, yeah. 64. Yeah, I've, I've played the hell out of that. And I, it's like part of our culture. Bond is just part of our mm -hmm. like pop culture. And it's sort of like Friday the 13th where everybody's like, I've, of course I've seen it. But then they realize, oh, you know, Jason's mom's the killer. Right. They're like, mm -hmm. oh, maybe I haven't seen this. It's like a familiar thing. And, and I was telling a friend recently, maybe just a few days ago, I was actually talking about the build up to this podcast. And I said, I sort of feel like I've seen these. I've seen the Austin Powers movies, and maybe that's right. where you know, or the or the endless parodies Simpsons episodes, I mean, yeah. parodies or just knockoffs, like Johnny any, English, yeah, any spy movie, you know. And, and again, I haven't seen a single Mission Impossible movie mm -hmm. either, which people are shocked by. But um, it's like sort of intimidating. I mean, I talked about it on like the Godzilla episodes. Is that you know, it's another franchise that has a trillion entries. There's 26 Bond films, yep. like. 
luckily with this franchise, you don't have to start at the first. You'll it'll make sense even if you haven't seen the previous ones because right. it's it, they they follow a very clear formula. They know what they're going into. Like it, it's it's almost strange how the formula is so perfect uh, because it's like. You know, we have the Bond girl, the Bond theme song by mm-hmm. whatever popular artist mm-hmm. is that is yep. at current times. Um, you know, several Bond girls at some times, but like a hot young actor that's playing that and a hot young actress that's playing the Bond girl. It's like you have certain things you have to check off the list. Uh, a ridiculous over the top villain that has like one characteristic that's weird about him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in this one, he, he loves gold, which they made fun of yeah. in Austin Powers. Uh, exactly. So it's like, you know, I remember it's it's weird because I haven't seen the movies, but I think of like Donald Pleasance yep. when he had the cat, you know, and mm-hmm. then of course that's where they uh, did Dr. Evil was a parody of him. Mm-hmm. Um, but what what's your history with the Bond films? I, I'm a big Anglophile, I guess. Um, but Bond films, I go back to the, I've seen them all. I own them all. I have owned them all on... Uh, like every format? Well... Uh, yeah, if if I could have afforded it on VHS, it would, it would have happened. Um, well, good uh, news, you can now if you go to any research. Probably true. Um, I'm trying to. I was trying to think of the first. The first one I saw in theaters was uh, GoldenEye, uh, like the week it came out, something like that. I'd watched it on TV beforehand uh, on USA or TNT. Like every Thanksgiving, there was a oh a marathon, a Bond marathon, and I would yeah. just they would just be on constantly, and I would watch them. I remember watching uh, like on Saturday or Sunday night, uh, back when we only had three channels. Sometimes they would air a Bond movie. That's right. the first time I watched yeah. them. It was either a Timothy Dalton uh, movie or A View to a Kill, one of the Roger Moore ones, uh, with uh, uh, oh. Yeah, with Grace Jones and uh, I say don't look to us for help because yeah, especially, I know. especially me, this is my real like first time. And Christopher experience. Walken is the bad guy, like a Trump. Oh. He's he's he has like the Trump hair, oh, and wow. he's yeah. It's so one of those was my first. It's so far back I don't remember what the first one. Okay. <laughs> Well, this one, Goldfinger, is the third of 26 Bond films. It was released December 21st, 1964, um, written by Richard Maubaum, who also wrote Thunderball, Dr. No, From Russia with Love, The Man with the Golden Gun, sorry, The Spy Who Loved Me, Octopussy, and A View to Kill. So he he had a long history with these films. Um, And then also written by Paul Dane, who did, uh, outside of the Bond films, he did The Taming of the Shrew Beneath, the Planet of the Apes, Escape from Planet of the Apes, Conquest, Battle of Planet of the Apes, and then he also did Murder on the Orient Express. Um, and then these were based on novels by Ian Fleming, mm-hmm. um, which was news to me. I didn't realize they started as novels. Um, I just sort of thought they started as like spy films. So it's, it's I'm learning so much. Yeah. After I watched the movie, I started you know reading into it. Uh, directed by Guy Hamilton, who mm-hmm. also did Diamonds Are Forever and uh, Live and Let Die. Uh, starring Sean Connery as, was a drinking buddy of Sean Connery back oh, in the really? day as yeah part of how he got the job okay starring Sean Connery as James Bond 007 first of 12 actors to play end up playing James Bond so far um Gert Frobe as Goldfinger oh okay um Honor Blackman as Pussy Galore Shirley Eaton as Jill Masterson Tanya Malay as Tilly Masterson and Harold Sakota as Oddjob 
Um, and the theme song was by Shirley Bassey, who also did Diamonds Are Forever and Moonraker. And she's sort of, from what I read, considered like the... She's, she's the only person that's done more than one right. James Bond. And she theme. was like, she's like a fan favorite. Like the, I yeah. don't, what would you call Bond, like Bond heads? I don't know. Uh, that's a good question. But, I don't but know. The fanatics, they, they sort of think of, you know, these movies. Who's your Bond? Like, I know people who, yeah. is it is it Pierce because you grew up? Like that was the first ones you saw in your generation or? I certainly have a, uh, a deep affection for, for Pierce Brosnan. I think he's, he's one of the sexiest men I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I, I, oh gosh, it's it's such a hard question. Uh, Sean Connery's great. There's parts of him, each one that I love. Daniel Craig has been knocking it out of the park. Yes, I'm gonna go. I'm I'm gonna go with um, Pierce Brosnan. Okay, yeah, because I it's weird because I. I was born in 85, so, like, I don't remember any of them up to him. He was mm-hmm. the first Bond I recognized, and it was probably because of that damn N64 game. Yeah. You know, he was on the cartridge on the cover, the trailers. Of course, he was in... Uh, Mrs. Doubtfire. Mrs. Doubtfire, yeah. And it was like, oh, that's... Yeah. That was like, James Bond's in Mrs. Doubtfire. But it's weird. It's just, like, how this character is ingrained ingrained into our pop culture where... I sat and thought about it, and I'm like, I, I literally have never watched any of these movies, but I know the characters, I know the mm-hmm. actors. It's just the it, lines, right? <laughs> yeah, the the quotes, and yeah. you know, um, I, I think I read that this is the only movie where Bond actually says uh, "shaken, not stirred." Uh, it's mm-hmm. The only one was Sean Connery that. Okay, because I had yet read that yeah. in the other ones, like uh, the person serving him the drink says it, or someone else like, yes, oh, do you want one? Yes, he'll take it. Shaken, not... weird factoids. I mean. When I was doing any kind of research for this thing, holy shit, it just kept scrolling. I had to be very selective, and I still have way too much information. <laughs> um, but the basic uh, plot of this is James Bond, who's played by Sean Connery, is back, and his next mission takes him to Fort Knox, where Arik Goldfinger and his henchmen are planning to raid Fort Knox and obliterate the world economy. To save the world once again, Bond will need to become friends with Goldfinger, dodge killer hats, and avoid Goldfinger's personal pilot, the sexy pussy galore. She might not have feelings for Bond, but will 007 help her cha- help change her mind? So, yeah, this, like, right away, you know, it starts with, like, him with a duck on his head going through the water. Yes. <laughs> and it's yes. like, you know, every, stere- like, every uh, spy stereotype, but it's crazy because you think back and it's like, these weren't, at the time, spy stereotypes. He made right. them the spy stereotype, which is really cool. Like, and, and I just love the Technicolor of that era, 64. The, the films look cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, first, let me, let's me let get into why I chose this. Yeah, absolutely. I, I want to know. I have other, I don't know, Bond heads, Bondites, whatever we're calling them. <laughs> Bondites. That I've, had, I've had discussions about this. How do you introduce someone? Uh, generally, this is the first one where the formula is fully fleshed out, I would say. Okay. Uh, this came out in 64, in 62 was Dr. No, and 63 was From Russia With Love. Dr. No was a hit when it came out, but uh, From Russia With Love, JFK uh, mentioned it as one of his favorite movies of okay. of that time, mm-hmm. and so then it became even bigger, and then this was the next one. Um, and this is the one where all the elements first come together. It's got you know Shirley Bassey as the theme song. It's got... Um, the opening sequence. Yeah, the title uh, credits. Yeah, doesn't really have it, the title credits. It has that. It also has the the kind of oh separate opening first event, yeah. adventure Before that the title doesn't credits. even really have anything to do with right. the next one. 
I think it's the it's the first one that has that. It's got the car, the DB9, the uh, Aston Martin DB9, which has been in like 12 of them. Um, so, and it's got just, I don't know, it, it it's entertaining, I think. it. Uh, I watched it again last night after a couple years, and I was a little worried about the pacing, but it felt like it had... Uh, the pacing stood up. <laughs> I, I thought it, yeah, I thought it was, you know, I mean. So I think this is a good entryway into Bond. Yeah, because that's, I mean, I have people reach out to me and I'm like the last person to ask as far as Star Wars. They go, do I start with the prequels or do I start with the original? And I'm not huge on Star Wars. I like Star Wars fine, but I'm not a fanatic. And I'm like, ask someone else. And like, this is sort of another thing. But at least with these, like, you can jump in the middle and oh, yeah, watch it, them from any point, and you're you're pretty much caught up, you know. And you know what you're you're getting going in. It's just basically like, what new gadgets is he gonna have this time? Mm-hmm. Um, what's the the girl gonna look like? And what predicament is he gonna be in? Which what's the villain going to? What's his like uh, thing gonna be? Right. You know. And I imagine after all these films, it's probably tough coming up with like a new thing because I. I I don't know how many, like, at what point they stopped being based on novels and started being original. Do you know? Because uh, he he died pretty... He Yeah, this is the last one that he saw. He died before it came out, but right. he was able to watch it. Um, they're loosely based on novels. Some of them are closer than others. Uh, some of them are just... They take a part of the book and they make flesh out a full movie over it. Sometimes it... It's just very loose. It's very loose. A character name here or there. Um, yeah, I don't know exactly. I, I I actually have not read the books. I I can't remember if it was Ian Fleming or one of or or Paul or uh, Richard that I had seen, uh, and I'll probably bring it back up later. But I I had seen that um, like not in the last couple of years, but like well after this movie was made and, and directing stuff, they found out there was like a true story about a spy who was going to like raid Fort Knox and I think oh, they really? caught him or something. And and it was well after uh, Ian Fleming had passed and they were like, you know, oh, he had like an inside source and heard this story and based his book on it and didn't tell anyone it was based oh, sure. on the true story. Because he because he didn't okay. want to like rat out his insider at the at like the Pentagon or something. Well, it could be uh, in World War Two. Ian Fleming, I believe, was in the in British intelligence. Okay. I mean, I, he wasn't James Bond. Right. But he was in there. Double oh nine. Yes, he was double oh nine. He <laughs> he didn't get past the first reel, but um, he he has a back ground in that, or at least claimed to have a background in that. And I think one of the stories is that. He went to a casino in Paris or Monte Carlo or something like that, and uh, there was a, a Nazi general. I think this was right before the British actually joined the the war, and um, it's basic. It's it's basically the plot of Casino Royale in that he's like, you know, for for Mother Britain, yeah, okay. I'm going to bankrupt <laughs> this motherfucking Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, I mean. I can imagine it, it actually sort of blows my mind like watching this one and thinking it was 64 because it was pretty racy for the time. I mean, just having a character named Pussy Galore and, and yeah. they had to uh, like on all the promotional stuff, they called her like Mrs. Galore or, yeah. uh, you know, pilot woman or something general because well, they didn't want to. And then just a few years later, they come out with Octopussy. Right. It's like, yeah. good. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's not even a double entendre. It's no. Just... No, it was, 
Yeah, there was a lot of stuff in this movie that I'm watching it, and it's like, this is awesome. And then there were parts where it was like, oh, yeah, we should... shit. Um, when, this... when he smacks the girl's ass when she yes. goes away, and they added like... Man talk. Yeah, they added like a whipping sound. It's so funny. Like someone yes. in the ADR had to like have the smack sound effect. Yeah, right? That <laughs> was somebody's job. Yeah. <laughs> Does not Misogyny hold was yeah. somebody's job at that moment. And I, you know, I'm, I'm pretty progressive, but it's like, you think about, uh, I mean... It's still like he was the coolest, and Bond is still seen as the coolest guy on earth right mm-hmm. now. You know, yeah. every and and obviously times have changed. Back mm-hmm. then, it was much obviously much more accept, acceptable, and that was what was sort of cool. But like, uh, you know, he he blows up the the building and and then sort of walks over to like a club and yes. lights up and, and it blows up in the background. Everybody freaks out and he's calm, and that's like our pre-credit sequence mm-hmm. yes. and you know that's our introduction and so as someone who hasn't seen a bond film it's like sets him up right as about the coolest guy ever right immediately absolutely and then after that he goes back to the hotel room where he has a naked chick uh showering mm-hmm. you know and he casually she was the dancer and yeah the, yeah yeah casually walks in on her and you know the, <laughs> i thought the, the cool shot was i mean really cool shot that has been done a million times since but back then it wasn't is when he sees her, the the killer's reflection in her eye mm-hmm. yep. and he like sort of uses oh but doesn't quite <laughs> use her as a shield but i was like is he gonna just push her in front and he like you know tosses her down takes out you know like he does and and uh but the opening credits are really cool too like Mm -hmm. they project it onto the body i think that was pretty new at the time yes i think uh guy hamilton uh Experienced people walking out of his movies and the film. Oh, see, see it project on. Seeing it projected oh. on him, and so he, that's where he got the idea. It's cool. It's, I mean, it looks really cool. And um, I was like, as someone who hasn't seen the movies again, I'll say that a million times tonight. So don't make that a drinking game. Uh, <laughs> as you, you Too know, you, yeah, you, you see those clips. I'm like, are these clips from previous movies or um, current movie? Like, because mm-hmm. I'm like, that would be sort of weird to be spoiling the current movie. So I assume they're from the first two movies. Almost as like a previously on James Bond, but <laughs> yeah, but we're showing it on a girl's hot body and in a cool projection, yeah. you know, where mm-hmm. she's like painted and has a badass song over it. I'm like, but but it's also to think about like the way I consume them is really weird because I'm going back after seeing all the Austin Powers movies. I saw them all in theaters. Yes. I, you know, it was perfect timing for mm-hmm. for my age, like to see them. Those were the funniest things in the world. And it's like going back, I'm seeing all these stereotypes that they that. Uh, that Mike Myers made fun of, and it's like, you laugh at some of the stuff, but it's like, oh, this is like, one, he, he played like a really good homage to him. Like, yes. You know, mm-hmm. really, yeah. like, Mike Myers is a, down, is a fan. Right, there down to the details. little details. And, uh, but and all, as you, you watch know, more movies, yeah. there's more Now I'm like, I want to go, references. you know, start watching the Bond films and go back and watch Austin Powers just so to see what I think. The missed. crazy suit he wears, the blue suit with right. the, the frills is is actually worn by uh, Bond in uh, the uh, the uh, George Lazenby okay. one uh, on Her Majesty's Secret Service. It's yeah, I, it's I, ridiculous. I he that. looks better in it than Mike Myers. I was gonna it's... say, and that's like a to me, that's like not even a name I recognize as a Bond. Right. No, he did no. one. He he was an Australian <laughs> fashion model. Sean Connery just didn't want to do it anymore, and so they're like, "All right, we'll get someone else. You want too much money." And that sort of like became the mo is is cool about this character is that and why mm-hmm. the franchise is going forever is because it doesn't it's sort of like doctor who it doesn't have to be the same actor every time it's you, right. you got this code name right which is genius you know you you it's a franchise that never ends and uh amazon actually just bought mgm so now amazon owns bond so we'll see where that goes yep. and, and i've seen you know a lot of people are really pissed off about it uh 
you know, it's like Bond isn't a a product. Bond is a uh, you know a part of our culture. It shouldn't. And I'm like, it, MGM's a rich ass movie studio too. It's not like they bought it from like right. an indie indie filmmaker or something. And uh, a lot of people were pissed off when Bond became blonde. Right. Like, no, that they was were. that was a huge deal. Yeah. Like. I was, in the, I was in the I was in the I was in the UK at that time, and it was an it was front page news. They were just oh no shit. They were going after Daniel Craig because he's blonde. That there was a rumor going around like front page stuff that he can't drive a stick, which is bullshit. Apparently he could, yeah. but <laughs> they were going after everything that he couldn't he couldn't fight. And I mean, it's it's interesting because he's left handed. Yeah, I know. <laughs> God for God's sakes. Yeah. Uh, but you think about like. You know, traditionally, it wasn't necessarily played by like the most macho dude. It's played by like a guy who's who's sort of slick and sexy, mm-hmm. but also like masculine too. Like rides that line where, I mean, even in this movie, you know, it, it's it was, and I'm gonna jump all around, but it's sort of like not quite off putting, but confusing when you know they're trying to kill each other, and then there'll be a scene where they're like casually strolling, like him and, and Goldfinger. Yeah, just, yeah, he just getting into the car. Like he doesn't even have to be apprehended. He just casually is like, okay, you got me now. I'll yes. go with you. It's, it's sort of crazy to think like, yeah. you know, because now it's like... You just killed all the people I'm with. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. let's go play chess. Right. Yeah. Like the scene where, you know, he throws, uh, Ajab throws the hat and uh, hits, a, like uh, kills... Masterson. Yeah. Kills her and he's yeah. like over the body and it's, it's, it's sad. And then they come over and they're like, all right, come with us. Like he didn't even try to run, escape or, or get away. He was just shooting at them and now they're they're good again. And it's like a... A gentleman's agreement. Yeah. Like, well, and like even the golf game, Odd Job had just knocked him out, right? And painted the girl to death. Yeah. And now they're playing golf, <laughs> and it's like, hey, all right. Obviously, nothing's going on here. I have Nazi gold. Let's bet it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our, our introduction into uh, Goldfinger himself is is pretty funny because. He's when he walked on screen. I'm like, this is this is the guy that they're named the movie after. Right. This, like this normal sort of fat, like pudgy dude in a bathrobe. This mm-hmm. is the villain we get. And I'm like, at first I was like thinking to you, I'm like, this is the one he suggested. This is the villain he gave me. <laughs> but uh, you know, I'm reading that he's yeah. like one of the most iconic and, and well respected. And uh, you know, he it turns out he wasn't necessarily like the baddie. You know, because yeah, we ha- he's not the one throwing the hats. Come on, that's, right. that's the coolest like gimmick. But uh, you know, it's it was interesting because he's down there and he's ripping someone off in a game of cards, and uh, Bond catches his assay like his his assistant, I guess you would say, the girl that's mm-hmm. uh, looking down through binoculars, uh, and basically you know catches. And then not only like Bond's always getting himself into this, and I guess that's the same with Austin Powers. It's like she's she's right one one degree away from uh, yeah. Goldfinger, and now he's gonna like sleep with her and bring her back to the place, like reveal all the secrets. Of course, she's gonna get killed. Come yeah. on, man. Well, and use like, some caution. He's inviting her into like all of his secret stuff. Right. She was just with Goldfinger. Right. Worst best secret <laughs> agent ever. Oh yeah. And and the, the scene where he goes back and and he's like, maybe you shouldn't be on this one. His boss is like, maybe you shouldn't be on this one. He's like, no, I got it. And they're like, well, maybe this one's for 008 or you know 006 yeah. or something. It's like. Maybe, you know, I wonder how bad those guys are. Because, I mean, he, he, he's pretty slick, but it's like, like you said, as soon as, like, he sees some titties, he's gone. He's yeah, like, yeah. All, all rules are out the window. Like, women first, uh, job, my life, everything second. Yeah, just talking on the phone yeah. about all the stuff he's about to do with this girl right behind him. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that happens with later, and that's, that's another stereotype that happens in, in mm-hmm. the Austin Powers movies. Is like, later in the movie when he's uh, watching them, like, 
stack the gold bars and stuff in which Goldfinger's talking but his mouth isn't moving at all. They clearly just added the dialogue later. He had a heavy German accent and couldn't be understood. Right. And so. but the, at that point they didn't even try. Like I heard that he yeah. had uh like spoke his language on like while mm -hmm. filming and then they overdubbed it so it looked like at least his mouth was moving. Mm -hmm. But um in that scene, but once again he was telling uh, the dude like everything about it and then later in the movie he does it again where he tells the whole evil plan in mm -hmm. front of oh, Bond yeah. which is a stereotype. Monologuing, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it's like here's exactly what I'm going to do now try to stop me and yeah. he's like okay, I will you know, and that's that's basically Bond movies but uh, it's, it's so much fun. Yeah. Like, I, this is so cool like the cool car, the cool gadgets even for the time you know, you think you look back uh, in 64 like I don't care who you are. Any dude wants that Aston Martin. Yes. Even oh, without yeah. the tricks in it. But, uh, you know, add in stuff that will shred people's tires and ejection seat <laughs> and machine guns. I've got to talk about the ejection yes. seat. <laughs> Am I the only one that died fucking laughing when he finally hit that button? Like, there was this big build up. <laughs> Do not hit this button. Yeah. He hits the button. I'm expecting this dude to go like 60 feet into the air. He just sort of rocks out. My God, he comes out like a foot and a half above the car yeah. and just flops. Which is almost more the... violent because it's like you can almost fall out and run him over. Uh, I, I died laughing. It was just like, oh. I guess, yeah, I mean, for an unrealistic like thing added to the car, they made it pretty, pretty believable, I guess. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, that if, if something like that did exist, I mean, we've seen people do the prank where they put like an airbag under someone and explode it Yeah, and it goes up. So that, that's what it made me think of. I'm like, did they put an airbag under him and that's the button? Cause, <laughs> cause when he, he shows up and you know, they're giving the assignment and they're showing him all of the shit they're going to give him all the Q. secret. Yeah. That's Q the, the yeah. quartermaster. Yeah. They're, they're giving him all that stuff. It's like, you know, as soon as he says, you know, who doesn't give a shit that bond is a special agent. He's just sort of <laughs> in the way and he's going to break his gadgets right right yeah he's like you better bring these back yeah. intact like no that's not gonna happen no. that would be such a boring movie mm -hmm. I, I didn't end up using any of them actually i just you know we, we yeah. talked it out and it's okay <laughs> boring bomb movie but uh yes. yeah the he, he specifically says like you know here's this red button right here in the center of the car it's very tempting it's bright red don't press it why and it's like he has machine guns up here he has things <laughs> yeah. that come out of his wheels but you're worried about the ejection seat you know, I'm like, that, that's your least of your worries. I mean, he probably thinking the only person riding next to Bond is going to be a hot chick, so don't press that button. <laughs> but, uh, you know, why would he, he's, he shouldn't, he's a secret agent. He should not be pressing the red button if he doesn't know what it does. Right. But, uh, but yeah, the first kill when he, when he's in the, by the shower and he throws him in and what's he throw like a toaster or light or something into the water. And then he yeah. does like the one liner, you know, shocking, yeah. absolutely shocking, yeah. like makes a joke out of it. Of course, a one, a great one liner. But that's when uh, we get that. That's actually before we get to the credits, and then he does the ass slap, and you know, we got man talk. Man talk. Uh, and that whole thing, it was distracting to me. And then I realized later that they actually weren't on the set, like because I could see in the background. I was like, it looks like they're green screen, but green screen didn't really exist back then. And uh, from, a lot of yeah, rear screen projection. That's exactly what I looked it up, and it said it was rear screen projection, which it's not horrible. I mean, mm -hmm. I've I've seen much much worse, but it, I right away I was like, is this like? The film stock they're using or am i right because it looked pretty decent like mm -hmm. you know you see it's actually better than a lot of green screen where you see the edges on people like move and yeah. you can catch a little bit of that green uh yeah. of course mgm was a huge studio and this is a very big mm -hmm. movie so and a lot of it was shot at uh, pinewood studios in the uk right which, yeah yeah it, a lot uh, all the bonds have big studio 
uh, have big sets and that sort of stuff at Pinewood. Yeah, really, really. Uh, at first, I was like, it actually sort of gives it a cool look. I mean, I know they were probably trying to blend it perfectly. I think they said maybe one actor was actually on that set and then the yeah. rest of them were put in. It made me think of uh, Army of the Dead. Like, they post credit. I don't know if you guys have watched that yet. I have not. I haven't seen it, but I know that they put Tignataro in post like filming editing everything and mm -hmm. and uh you know she watched the whole movie before she, <laughs> yeah she <laughs> yeah recorded like, you know, if you would have told these guys back then like oh we can just throw them in later it would have right. been like, mind-blowing that's that in itself is a bond trick but uh let me ask you in the in the opening credit um after <laughs> oh bond blows things up but he takes off his wetsuit and there's another suit, suit underneath underneath have you seen that suit before no, I don't. It's I didn't. the white suit with the. Uh, he has a, a red carnation, and um, I probably have, but just not recognizing it. You have Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom. Okay. He's wearing Spielberg. So that's an homage. To it's that. an homage. Spielberg. Spielberg's a huge uh, Bond fan. Always wanted to make one, but they wouldn't let him because he was too big. Yeah. The name. Yeah. And this. Uh, in in the notes I have later, I'll just I'll just talk about it now. He's listed this one as his favorite Bond mm -hmm. film and owns the owns an Aston Martin like the same model. Right. Well, that not, shouldn't not, surprise me. Not <laughs> actually one. I think they only made like or two survived this movie. Okay. And like they're in private collections, which you think Spielberg like if anybody has should right, have it, yeah. but you know he doesn't. He just bought. Uh, a new one like that or uh, his own not a actual you know without mm -hmm. the tricks and not that those worked right, right. but uh, you know someone actually owns the like car with the fake buttons and stuff inside speaking of the cool. car the uh, the rotating um, license plate the that was the director's idea because he was tired of getting um, uh, uh, parking tickets oh so he just always wanted that. So it was an opportunity. Oh, that to... <laughs> that's that's a big workaround to not get like parking tickets. But uh, if you if you can, I mean, it's pretty pit move. Movie like, magic. Yeah, I thought that was really clever actually, and I was like, I don't know if I've seen that before. So fourteen minutes in, he's been with three women already. Uh, you know, he's got uh, one that's dead. Because mm -hmm. she's suffocated by paint, which is an old thing that I remember from like Wizard of Oz. That story mm -hmm. yeah. wasn't it the Tin Man? Yes. It was like there's rumors. That movie has more. I think he had an it. allergic reaction to it. But yeah. there were there were rumors when we were little that this actress died when they painted her with gold, <laughs> which, which she did not. Their logic was like, you know, they they didn't, you have to leave like a spot on their like the spine. lower spine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, that's interesting. I mean, you can get from what i read after watching is you can get um like overheated mm -hmm. if you cover all your pores with thick paint but it wouldn't be like you paint yourself and die you would just use you'd start getting really hot and not be able to sweat and you know you know most right. and most make it had to be like extreme like latex or something because most makeup you'd be able to sweat off and then you would your pores would be open in oh. the bond world you have to take everything with a grain of salt oh i know oh, it gets everybody more knows and more out the lower spine is the mouth of the back <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah so uh yeah i said and and one thing i also noted was when they're when he's playing cards uh goldfinger and he's cheating his earpiece could not be more obvious like a yes. bright I'm like, you know, maybe it's probably because of technology back then, but I'm like, the guy's like a, he's a gold collector. He owns gold. Like, he can't get a smaller earpiece. Like, even in the Bond world, get him a small earpiece. The thing had <laughs> yep. like a cord all the way down. It might as well have been like lights on it. Not only that, but he's sitting there dicking with the dial right, right. at the yeah. table at yeah. points. No, no, just listening to the game. Uh. And, then, and then it's funny because he 
we're looking through the binoculars and he breaks the pencil and we hear it. And I'm like, we wouldn't hear the pencil <laughs> break through binoculars. And there's a point where we see him from the other direction too. Yeah. Like, but you know, like you said, you got to suspend your, your oh, belief. Yeah. Um, this is, yeah, where uh, the villain chops his neck, he falls down, and they paint uh, Jill Gold, and she ends up dying from it. Yeah. Um, and then it sort of goes into the golf match. Like, yes. that's where they want to meet. And I'm like, he just literally killed the girl and painted her gold. Obviously sending, like, it's worse than tagging. He's, she's completely gold. <laughs> so it, it couldn't be more obvious who it was. And it's like, well, let's, let's have a golf game and, and sort this out. And it's like, okay, that's interesting. But again, I don't another... think they're trying to. So he, so, uh, so he's just, trying to get some insight onto him. He's trying to enter. Okay, so he goes back to the office. Uh, M is his boss, 007's boss, uh, p- played by Judy Dench, and like, I don't know, a bunch of the movies recently, okay. like nine of them, um, and uh, they give him. So, Goldfinger is a bad guy, and he's up to something, and we don't know what it is. So we need you to get close to him and figure out what it is. Here's Nazi gold. Tell him you know a whole bunch. <laughs> yeah. You know where the rest of it is, <laughs> and are willing to make a deal. So he's trying to get on the inside, like some sort of you know uh, underworld deal with Goldfinger. Uh, but they know who he is because... Gonna, well, that's what I was going to say is that... He's already like, messed with them. He's not only is he... If you suspend the belief that everyone would know James Bond at this point, mm-hmm. it's an infamous name, but if, to us because we're movie watchers. So erase that. He's still a spy. He already killed... He, he had his guy karate chop him in yes. the neck, knock him out, and then kill his girl like right so he he has to know so I was, that's why i was a little yeah. confused i'm like they're a little cat too casual i mean maybe yeah. it's just like a generational thing where it was like as gentlemen we meet up and we just we figure this mm-hmm. out rather than like now you know i think of john wick and it's just like you you don't outside of that hotel they just murder each other right you know? uh it's all the bond movies they <laughs> there's this cordial gentlemanly is it like the british i was gonna say the british thing is what i was gonna thing. say is the way they uh interact but yes uh it's hilarious because they have odd job as a caddy yes like, <laughs> what a what an intimidating caddy right he was so odd job is i forget the actor's name uh but he's uh hawaiian and he's the uh He's an Olympus, uh, Olympian. He uh, is the first Hawaiian to win a silver medal. Harold Sakata. Yeah, and he was a uh, wrestler. Yeah, and he got like super famous after this. He was. Sure. I, I had heard that he was in like, or I read that he was in like all kinds of commercials and hired as you know. He, he played the henchman and the bad guy in a ton of other mm-hmm. probably knockoff movies and, right. and bad action direct to video movies. And he he didn't even really have to talk in any of them because he's just such an intimidating looking dude, yeah. you know. In this movie, you think the only thing he says is like "ah" oh, or, or yeah. grunts or something. I do know that in the book, Odd Job uh, is uh, a mute from an old injury, okay, something cool. like that. But they so, don't really touch on. But it yeah, in the, movie. in the movie, he's supposed to be Korean too. <laughs> okay, which is another cringeworthy. <laughs> yeah, so they're golfing and and uh, they try to sort of trick Bond and Bond flips the pages on him and mm. tricks him back because mm-hmm. he hits it in the rough and then he he lies and says, you know, odd job like pulls a ball out of his sleeve. Oh, your ball's over here. Yep. And Bond's standing on it the whole time, switches the ball at one of the holes and then he keep, catches him cheating so he can keep the Nazi gold. Uh, clearly pisses him off yep. and, and odd job pisses him off too. But it's just, again, one of those things where it's like, 
you just you just sort of got fucked and you're not doing anything about it, you know? Right, and who was the caddy? Like, was he working for the agency? Right. Because, because he, he was very much on yeah. Bond's side. Well, and Bond was he was in on it. He yeah. Bond was like, you know, I, I'm standing on the ball, mm-hmm. and you know, he's like, I'm going to switch it. And so yeah, I was like, he is he like was he sent from the agency or because it. it I don't think so. Then we, well, then we find out, you know, yeah. this is Goldfinger's yeah, the Goldfinger whole place. Yeah. This yeah, so course. if it was one of his guys, it's like, well, why would he? Maybe because, you know, Goldfinger sucks and, like, you know, <laughs> his own his own employees don't like him or something. Yeah. Uh, but this is the point where uh, he switches the ball, and then this is sort of where we, like, find out, you know, what the plan is. Like, is this where he gets sort of captured, or is this... He I'm gets t- captured a lot in this yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. And, and there, there's some points in this movie where I'm like... Is he captured right now, or because the way he casually goes with them when yeah. at certain times, and then obviously when he's got a laser going up to his nuts, he's captured. Yeah. Uh, well, he also he, has he, tracking devices. Yeah, he puts the tracking device on In Goldfinger's the, car at this yeah. point, yeah. and starts following him, and that's when oh man, what's her name? Uh, yeah, Matt, Masterson. Yeah. Yeah, she when takes a yes. really horrible shot at Goldfinger and almost hits him. Yes. Um and Bond takes out her wheels with the the cool spinny yeah, yeah thing the, and the Ben Hur. Will you take me to a garage? <laughs> yeah, a garage. A garage. Take it. She doesn't even ask really. She's like, take me to the nearest garage. And he's like, oh, I wonder how did yeah, that happened. Like, <laughs> like faulty. It must yeah. be a double blowout. Yeah. I've never seen that before. Yeah. <laughs> and then we find out, you know, that yeah. uh, it was his the the gold girl's sister and Mm -hmm. she's she's also out for revenge but she's not a spy so uh things don't go quite her way uh he gets her out of that situation sort of first when he runs into her at the when they're in the woods at night Mm -hmm. and you know eventually uh she doesn't make it out because he tries to get her out odd job throws the hat yes none none of the other minions can shoot her right he gets her with the hat well i thought at first i was like the, the hat thing, I was like, okay, yep. he not they, they, he shows the hat first when he knocks off the head of the statue statue at yeah. the golf club. Mm-hmm. But the second time, you know, he hits her, and I'm like, well, that was a lot less violent. Yeah. But he, obviously, if he's a skilled guy like that, he can control it. Right. If you can hit someone from that far away, you can probably control how you know you're like a master hat thrower. Yeah. But I was at first, I was like, is she? dead like i didn't get that she was dead until later i was like right because he's laying over he's he's over her and i was like is he gonna check her pulse because that's what he did with when the girl's painted gold mm-hmm. he like checked her pulse and, and that sort of confirms you know okay she's dead this he sort of was over the body and i was like is she knocked out is she knocked out and then all the guards come over and bond just walks back to the car with them and it's like okay i guess she's dead and that was it's so weird because it's like both these women almost just came in to be like an object for Bond to go after. Like, yes, right. And it's especially in the early movies, uh, I think in the eighties, maybe, maybe towards the end of the uh, the Roger Moore area, they 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 try to uh, keep up with the times. Certainly in the in the more modern ones, Daniel Craig and that sort of stuff, they 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 make efforts. Whether or not those are successful, I mean, the character of Bond is what it is. Right. Right. And that's what's sort of cool about these movies is that they exist in their own universe with their own rules. And, you know, mm-hmm. and, and there, I can't think of any other, well, maybe it's like slashers, like Friday the 13th, mm-hmm. that have a formula that we know going in and we want it. And mm-hmm. when they stray from it, it's off-putting. Where it's right. like, they have to sort of do it. And it's like, yep. it's weird because we want it that a certain way. And if you don't do it that way, it's like, what, what, is, what are you doing? That's, I, want, I expected this. 
but you know it's like don't mess with the formula it's working perfect uh and and it seems like sort of like john carpenter with halloween created the like the formula slasher with the Mm -hmm. final girl and you know have have uh premarital sex you're gonna die do drugs you're gonna die Mm -hmm. uh he didn't intend to create that but it feels like bond sort of came up with this like spy formula Mm -hmm. of certain you know and and nobody's has done it better since you know like you know like (laughs) there's literally a song nobody does it better well it's like i don't think one of the movies i I know like you know (laughs) I, I I always think of like Mission Impossible is probably like the next like yes. biggest. Yes, it's, it's spy. the American Bond yeah. spy. And, and yeah, it, I mean I, he has a probably has a love interest in every movie like these do, but it, I don't think it fits quite the. It, it, that's more about stunts, I would say, right? Like at this point, especially with Tom Cruise, like yep. it feels like every excuse me, one of those movies is now just like a a, mm-hmm. a way for him to showcase his crazy stunts, and it's like that's all I read about him. And now like with the Bond movies, it feels like now we hear more about like the well, a lot of the behind the scenes drama of like, is Daniel Craig going to come back or not? Right. You know, uh, he's like Aaron Rodgers over there, like can't decide <laughs> what he wants to do. But um, you know, who's going to be the next yeah. one? Is it going to be a black Bond? Is it going to be a woman Bond? Mm-hmm. Um, but we also hear about like you know the cool villain, like oh, this guy's going to play the mm-hmm. villain this time. What's his? What's going to be his thing? Does Which he gonna, he's character gonna an, actor? Yeah, is he yeah. going to have an eye patch? Is he going to yeah. have you know? A cool jet ski. Is he, what's what's gonna be? He's gonna have a bald cat. You know, like everybody yeah. had a thing in these movies. Uh, and this guy, his love for gold. I thought the the attention to detail, like when he's wearing a robe, it's gold. When he's the only, I think the only scene he's not wearing gold is when they actually raid Fort Knox. He's wearing like a, a U.S. military uniform as a disguise. Yes, and after then, they, yeah, after yeah. the U.S. People shows up. He's got a, right. a U.S. And uniform. The, I noticed underneath. that's the only time he's not wearing something like he's not wearing. But he still has the gold. The gold gun. The gold mm-hmm. gun. Right. So uh, I would say uh, Bond movies definitely used to be stunt spectaculars. Um, uh, and they are, still have a lot. They of still stuff. are absolutely. They. I mean, there's always four or five set pieces throughout it, and um, uh, arguably uh, one of the movies uh, they kind of invent uh, on one of the movies he's skiing and he kicks off one and they kind of invent snowboarding oh, um, I, I, but there's some car chases uh, one of the things the Bond series has always done is they chase trends mm-hmm. which sometimes works and sometimes doesn't if you look at like uh, Live and Let Die is very much a black exploitation film. It's okay. set in New Orleans and there's voodoo. Now and, I want to see it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a good one. I know um, that. Obviously, Moonraker the, came uh, out after. Classic theme song. Yeah, right. Moonraker came out after uh, Star Wars, where they take Bond to space. And oh, shit. I didn't goes even know Bond went to space. About as well as he's. <laughs> It does in any other franchise. Um, <laughs> Has to be better than Leprechaun. Yeah. After uh, the Bourne movies uh, is when we get Daniel Craig. So we go, uh, Bond becomes grittier and the, the fights become... More real. More There's real. Fist and, fights, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. I mean, obviously with the themes, I always, like looking back, I, I looked at a list of like everybody who's performed a theme and it's interesting how much of the times... Uh, I'm trying to even think of some of the other ones. Obviously, uh, Paul McCartney, you know, did yeah. Live and Let Die. But it, which is funny because I never put that together. Like I know that song here yeah. on Radio Time. That's Same. a Bond theme. Holy shit! You know, mm-hmm. they, exactly. Billy Eilish did the the current the new current ones. one that uh, hasn't come out yet. But yeah, there's it's just uh, Radiohead did one. Uh, Jack Black and Alicia Keys did one. Yep. Um, and it's it's you weird too, because you, Tina Turner. You yeah, you would think like that would horribly date a movie, but. Uh, most of them are like sort of, you know, 
they end up being like a, like yeah, Radiohead's still cool. Like Jack Black or uh, Jack White is still cool. I should have said Jack. White. Tom Jones. It would have been cool to have Jack Black. <laughs> yeah, I, I was really confused. Yeah. There. I'm like, I missed out on Jack Black doing yeah, one. Tenacious D did. And actually, there's awesome. a secondary list of because uh, the person they first hired. They don't always use that one. Okay. Or, or they come up with different songs. So there's actually a secondary list of, I can't pull a name right now, but other people that have James Bond songs that never made it to. Wow. I was going to say, movie. I was looking at like 80s and I was thinking like Aha might have been one of them. Uh, they did Take On Me, but they mm -hmm. also did like one of the Bond themes, which, you know, yeah. very much product of that time. Exactly. But, uh, yeah. It, it's just an interesting because I can't think, again, uh, sort of in the 90s, they almost stopped doing like the. Like, the last one I can really think of is, like, and this is a horrible example even compared to this movie, but, like, Vanilla Ice and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, <laughs> was it two or three? Like, where he did the yeah, ninja rap. Secret of the Years, Or yeah. uh, MC Hammer did, you know, the Addams Family yeah. thing. Yes. It's like, you know, those have aged horribly. They're awful now. But you look back at the Bond, and they, they've all yeah. been still good. Like, even, even some sort of... Some are better than yeah. others, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you don't, you know, it doesn't, like, really... The scene where Vanilla Ice is like on the stage with the turtles is just like so cringy now. Yeah. Ninja. Ninja. Rap. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, this is actually where we meet Pussy Galore for the first time because yes. they capture him and he's on the plane. Now, at this point, uh, this is Honor Blackman, who you would might, at this point, you might have known her because for the last two years, she would have been on the Avengers. Mm hmm. Uh, so you. There might be some recognition, and this might be a bit of stunt casting at this point. Yeah, I read that too uh, okay. in, in the facts, but I was not familiar. Yeah, yep. so, no, I get that. But it was uh, it was interesting because it was like the first girl that challenged Bond, Bond mm -hmm. in this movie, mm -hmm. where like he he wanted to hook up. She was like right back in his face, like I don't I don't care who you are, I don't give a shit, like you're not charming me, yeah. and that makes him try harder. Almost too hard. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> and not almost, it, too hard. Yes. He doesn't like the girls that play hard to get. Yes, uh, yes. She definitely says no to his advances many several times. Several times. He just sort of forces his way into it. Uh, in a little, apparently she knew judo, so yeah. right. that's all that they well, let her do. Well, the actress, I guess, actually yes. knew mm -hmm. judo, and so they wrote that into like the script, uh, which is interesting. Like She is pretty badass. Um, I think this is another time where Bond escapes. She's also the pilot. Yeah. Um, and she has a squadron like a, of yeah, female pilots. A pl platoon of blonde hot chicks. Mm -hmm. Yes. In the book, uh, they're all lesbians. Nice. Which they did not. <laughs> they did yeah. not put that in the movie. Well, I but. read that uh, she was like in the. I guess in the novel, or maybe mm -hmm. uh, the actress had thought of it. I guess she mentioned it during like like later in life when they were talking about it that she uh, thought of the character as a lesbian in that. Um, Bond had actually, like, you know, was trying so hard to, like, find her heterosexual ways or something, like, yeah. turn her straight, and it's, like, you know, obviously outdated yep. way yeah. of thinking, but it's, like, you know, I didn't pick up on that during the movie. That, that she, is what happens in the book, I believe. Yeah, yeah, so they didn't, I mean, they got sort of racy by even just calling her pussy galore, but they yep. didn't go far enough to, like, I know. Uh, yeah. 64, that would have been maybe a little too much, like, oh, we have right. a lesbian pilot named yes. Pussy Galore that Bond can't win over because she doesn't <laughs> like men. Uh, pretty cool, though. I must be dreaming. <laughs> well, I thought, you know, I, I had never actually seen any of these. I was yeah. I was sort of expecting more of that voice, the, the Sean yeah. Connery voice. He does a pretty good job of covering it up. Right. 
Uh, he does in the early movies as does it get as he gets through later. Yeah, he he cares less and less as it goes on. <laughs> <laughs> and I had heard like his he started losing his hair after this movie, so he started wearing like a hair piece later. Uh, yes, or the hair pieces become more and more obvious. Uh, obvious. Yeah, because I thought he's. I didn't. You know, after reading, I was sort of surprised because I was watching the movie. I'm like, you know, he's. I I know him later in his career when yeah. he's almost like made up fun mm-hmm. of you know on the Celebrity Jeopardy and you sure. know it's sort of the the later Indiana Jones of, dad right yeah and I think of him and the then it's like you know look back and <clears throat> obviously I knew he was handsome and played Bond and stuff but like yeah. you know he was damn like perfect casting yeah mm-hmm. uh, he was cast because he was in a, a Disney movie uh, Darby O'Shea and the Little People. <laughs> uh, <laughs> where the producers, the uh, broccoli, uh, at least they were PC. Song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for the time. Yes, and um, yeah. Apparently, she said, "Well, that's your bond." Uh, he he was at one point a uh, bodybuilder, and uh, uh, so he had a, a decent physique for the the early '60s. And they said he moved like a panther, uh, <laughs> especially compared to. I mean, it's kind of lumbering today when you have all these roided out oh, yeah. Marvel stars, but back in the day. Well, that's I what mean, the, I've he always, did. Zardoz and yeah. Well, you think yeah, you think about uh, like Bond through the years was never it never has been like a bulky like weightlifting Leslie mm. has he or, Daniel Craig is pretty well, but he yeah. they, they don't I don't know do they showcase it a lot like um in Casino Royale there, okay there's one scene where he comes out of the ocean and it, he's in the, kind of a smaller not a. Not a banana hammock, but uh, right. a smaller the, thing, and the, the he's just shorts, muscles, yeah. and it's, yeah. But, I mean, still, to that point, it's, like, not to the point of, like, Dwayne Johnson now. Like, no. Like, I, the guys on my shirt. Like, yeah. Arnold, you know, yeah. in the 80s, it was all about, who, like, Stallone, whoever had the, the biggest muscles, like, mm-hmm. was, the, was the best. You yeah, know, highest I mean, body count. I would argue Daniel Craig has a better body than uh, Rambo in the first movie. Oh well, yeah, maybe in the first yeah. the first movie, yeah, Stallone. Probably Snake Plissken. Too. Well, that's what I liked about, uh, and we we don't have to stay on topic completely. <laughs> but, but, uh, if we, if we let's talk, talk about, about men's bodies. Yes, yeah, let's, um, let's you know, get into it. Yeah. That's what sort of like you know, you think about like the first Rambo and Escape from New York and stuff like they were believable and likable because those guys were not over the top action stars. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know? and then Die Hard. Well, yeah, especially Die Hard. And, but you think about like First Blood. Is almost not even an action movie. It's like about. No, it's like a Vietnam film. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And people, uh, in your mind, you think about Rambo. You think greasy muscles, like Stallone yeah. with a mullet with a machine gun, and it was not that at all. It's it's a sad, dark, yeah, uh, serious PTSD. drama. Yeah, it's a, it's and it's like crazy how they've evolved or devolved, if you want to say, because I, <laughs> yeah. you know, they have such a reputation to be just mindless action films. And when same with Rocky. I mean, the first Rocky is not a sports movie. I have a friend who I've been trying to get on this podcast to watch the the first Rocky and the first mm-hmm. Rambo. And I'm like, you know, he's like, I don't like sports movies. And, uh, you know, and I'm like, it's not a sports movie. Right. Like, the, as we get to like uh, Rocky three and four. Yeah. They turn sure. into, you know, dumb action movies where, you know, and it's, but they still struggle. It's a character struggle. But the first movie is about like a poor guy, an underdog. You know, it's a true mm-hmm. underdog story. It's an American dream of a guy coming over and, and making it, you know, getting this big fight and, and it blows people's minds. Sort of like the end of Friday the 13th where it's like, I thought I knew this movie Rocky loses. Like, how do you yeah. have Rocky lose at the end of Rocky? It's like, well, th- you know, this this story is real. But, um, yeah, I think of Connery in this movie. He has sort of that, like, yeah, it's almost like broad shoulders, and but not like... And he's got, like, a load of chest hair. Yes, he does. And um, In the first movie, there's a... Um, 
<laughs> there's a there's a tarantula and it almost gets lost in his chest hair. <laughs> That's impressive. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, you know, he's not what would be traditionally seen as like an action star or sexy now. Like, you know, right. like like you said, the the rock, his head looks like a fucking peanut. He has his shoulders are so goddamn huge, you know, he's not a skin yeah. on his not, not a hair on his goddamn body head mm-hmm. anywhere. Uh, perfectly tan, you know, and that's not at all what we had back then. Um, but you think of like the surf movies and that kind of stuff, you know, mm-hmm. he fit right into that 60s. Right. I think of like, you know, Elvis and, and that kind of look, uh, traditionally handsome with the, the, the nicely combed hair and, you know, well-spoken. Mm-hmm. It's more about the, the personality so much. It, it obviously has looks, but it's not just... Arnold, where he had, you know, Terminator, he had like four lines, you know, and he's just, he's just a goddamn machine. Um, but this is where, like, he escapes again. He has this laser coming at his, his crotch. Yes. Uh, and I had read that's the first time they had used, like, a laser in one of these movies that was because originally in the book it was a buzzsaw. Okay. But by then that stereotype had been outplayed. Yeah. So yeah. they're like, let's try a laser. And they had to actually bring in, like, an expert to make it look real mm-hmm. and believable. Um, Do you expect me to talk? Yeah. He, he escapes there and then gasses out the room of the people, which that room was really cool. Like, there were standing on the floor, starts moving. They're like, oh, why is the floor moving? Yeah. The production it, design in this movie yeah. and a lot of the, the Bond movies, especially the early ones, is uh, Ken Adams. And okay. they're just through the roof, just these outlandish, huge things. I think uh, Ken Adams won two Oscars, not for Bond movies, but he, one was for a, a Kubrick uh, movie. The one. Ah, oh, it's the Kubrick movie with um, the love story guy, uh, kind of uh, set almost Victorian. Um, Eyes wide shut. No, uh, earlier than that. I'm sorry. Uh, I should have known this before. Uh, it's all good. And the other one was uh, what the Madness of King George or something okay. like that. But uh, he Bond is definitely known for these giant sets, and Ken Adams especially is just revered for his uh, uh, production. Designs. I can imagine like dads in the sixties watching this and being like, "We're turning the living room into this." Like, yeah. well, you think about even well, and like Fort Knox. Yeah, yeah, they're not a. He he was allowed. He got special permission to fly over Fort Knox and to stand outside the fence, but couldn't go in. Couldn't go in. No, like nobody's gone in, and apparently, uh, so he took his best guess. You know, I I want a cathedral of gold, and apparently, uh, he got a, a letter from somebody that worked in there years later or i don't know after the movie came out or something like respectable job <laughs> complimenting him on his the set design that's yeah. cool well, yeah it, it's like you see the you know obviously the bars stacked on bars they mm-hmm. would crush under their own weight because the gold is so mm-hmm. soft but it's like the visual is really cool because mm-hmm. i had read in the book they didn't never make it in the climaxes takes place outside yes. of fort knox yeah and the director was like we got to go in. We're oh, at yeah. Fort Knox. Like, we got to see the gold. That's what Hell, this whole movie leads up to them getting into Fort Knox. We're not going to go in. Are you kidding? We right. got to go in. And it was it was actually just really fun to see actual, like, stages that they uh-huh. built. Yeah. And not just, you know, a few parts and then everything else green screened in right. behind them. It was so much fun to actually see all that production work that yeah. somebody had put in, like, the... The rotating uh, pool table and oh, just yeah. all of yeah. that. It, now, how much sense does it make? Eh, not a lot, but don't it worry was about it. Fucking cool don't worry to about see. It. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think about like 
you think about living rooms back in like the 60s and 70s where people would build the you step down into yes. it and, and all hang out and like they'd have like the hookah and stuff it's mm-hmm. like yes. you know, that, that's conversation what, pits yeah and that's what made me think of like you know we don't have that cool stuff now and i bet like uh what is the like the books of like uh modern marvels and stuff like you know i, I think i got my my brother-in-law one and it was like inventions that people came up with and they made like one and it never went like big and it, stuff like that you know where it's like a pool table that could flip over and turn into like something else and transform. It's like a transformer in your living room. Right. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, not practical, but we're watching a Bond movie. Like, that's mm-hmm. what we came to see. Yes. If the car can do it, why not your living room? You know, and... Uh, and also, I mean, if you've got all this uh, production, you're putting all the time into this. Why would you build a hole up into the center of it where James <laughs> Bond can look out yes. through Fort Knox? Yeah. <laughs> I had to laugh at that part, too. They're all talking about the plan, and you just see Sean Connery's yeah. eyes peeking <laughs> oh, through yeah, the yeah. windows of Fort Knox. Yep, yep. It's, it's like so ridiculous, but it made sense for some reason. Right, well, there's there's two or three scenes in here where they're telling, they're giving everything away, and, you know, either whether he's in the room and they know it, or mm-hmm. he's just off the screen spying in on it. And it's mm-hmm. like, that's the, and again, the stereotype that Austin Powers made fun of a million times where Dr. Evil would be like, I'm going to tell my entire plot right now and then I'll leave you alone. He's like, well, don't you, you know, yeah. Scott Evil be like, don't yes. you want to kill me? I him? have a gun in my room. <laughs> I can kill Already, We can do it together. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, no, we'll let him be by himself. Yeah. You know, it's, you know. Assume that it goes to plot. He points yeah. out like everything. And that's what I was saying earlier is like, I wonder, I sort of wish I could have seen these. I guess I could have. I just mm. didn't see these before I, I watched the movies that made fun of right. them because you you catch everything that he's made fun of and parodied over the years. But it also sort of makes you appreciate like knowing that you know this came first and then he watched these and, mm-hmm. and, and he, mm-hmm. he he thought of those and like oh this is something that happens every movie because it is ridiculous. But that's what makes it fun. Like if what fun would it be if Bond didn't know the plot and didn't save the day? Right. right. Uh, you know he breaks in and I noticed that he. And I, and I end up reading about it later, but he like detonates the, or, um, you know, de- de- what do you say? Yeah. Uh, catches the bomb, uh, deactivates it. I yes. Guess. Yeah. Yes. The, the bomb with or the CIA uh, guy gets there just in time. Yeah, and he, to turn off the bomb. He he, he gets it at what 007. Is, 007 is, is what it, it is in the movie. Yeah, but then he, that. but then he, I guess in the book it was with three <laughs> seconds left. And I think they filmed it with three seconds well, left. Because he says, uh, you know, I got it with three ticks left. Yes. And it's like, you got it with seven ticks. Yeah. It yeah. something like, you know, with yep. three ticks, this place would have been blown up. Exactly. Uh, I think it was post-production. They're like, it's yeah. 007. We need to... Yeah, which is, you know, smart. Someone theme. someone was filming this and probably was like, what if the time was zero, yeah. zero, 007? Yeah. You know, afterthought. And then they were probably editing like, shit, we can't go back and film him re-saying that one line. But, uh, you know... You most people probably I, I didn't notice it until I went back and, and was reading a lot of the trivia. Um, there's a scene where they're up on a plane and it's but several times when they're on the plane and he's Bond is like you know if you shoot me the bolt's gonna go right through me and mm-hmm. out of the plane and suck us both out happens the second time they're on the plane where they yep. shoot and breaks out the window. Uh, you know I, I'm sure MythBusters have done that before. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know it's not exactly like it's portrayed in the movies. Not right. a good thing to have a hole in a plane. No. Obviously. <laughs> it turns but, out. But, you know, we think, you know, in, in movie lore, it's like if you get a bolt hole through, we're going to get sucked through that bullet hole. Right. You know, uh, another cool sort of action scene. Um, the scene where they fly over and, like, gas out all the soldiers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd read that 
there was another way they were looking at doing it with the gas, and the director was like, this reminds me too much of, like, the Holocaust, so maybe we shouldn't, like, we, we got to fly over and do wow. it that way. Okay. And, Good call. Yeah. And, and yeah. I think maybe even in the book or something, it might have been, like, they, they gas them out and they kill them all. Yeah. Like, and this was just knocking them out. You know, and that maybe that was the change. Was like, let's I don't make think it, it knocks them out. Somehow they get word to everyone that when these planes fly <laughs> over, just fall down yeah. like you're dead. Yeah, yeah, and I, I guess the the because the gas was supposed to kill them, right? And in the, the in his Goldfinger's yeah. plot, right in his plan. Yeah, and when they, I guess when they were flying the planes over, the government gave them permission to fly like, like so many, like thousands of feet above. They're like, you know, you can't be over that. And the director was like. We're flying like 500 feet above yes. it. And, and the government was like really pissed about it. But what are they going to do? Rest him? Like right. he did it. They got it filmed. No one got hurt. They moved on. They were yep. not happy about it. But uh, he basically told the government, like basically disregarded their rules. Like this is what, what I'm giving you. And they're like, we can't shoot you. Like it wouldn't be realistic if they're way up there. We have to go low right. to gas them out. Like, and how do we shoot it? You know, and that even that opening going way back to the beginning that opening scene is like clearly from a helicopter that's coming in and it's really cool above the it just made me think of it because flying over but uh the, the slow shot that comes over and then it comes in and he's diving off the diving board like, yeah i can imagine now they shoot all that shit on drones mm -hmm. but back then they actually probably had to get like a helicopter and the planning of it of him like soon as it comes in on him he jumps off the diving board and then mm -hmm. it cuts to him under the water like that scene alone is probably you know was just probably so much planning. I don't know how yeah. many takes they had to do, but that was impressive in itself. Uh, so yeah, there is a part where also Goldfinger uh, shoots him, and they they chase him in the car, and he takes the car to like a uh, to he gets rid of the tracker, takes it to a, like a junkyard, yes, and gets it smushed down to nothing, like a big crane with one of the gangsters in it. Yeah, yeah, that was <laughs> sort of a cool scene. Uh, I'm just sort of now just talking about scenes that I, I took note on that I really liked. Uh, his idea was like, not only am I going to, uh, he's going to put what atomic atomic bomb or uh, atomic waste in or a bomb in there. And yes, basically a, like not, a dirty bomb. Yeah, basically yeah, ruin, Fort Knox. ruin the gold to make his own gold more for valuable. Fifty-eight right? years, yes. It yeah, would, no one would be able to approach it for fifty-eight years. <laughs> That's such a strange like plot like well, yeah. i'm not gonna i mean how do you you know you can't you can't blow up the gold you can't melt it because it's just going to be a bigger block right. of gold uh how do you do it oh i just make it tainted basically <laughs> like where people can't get to it and then my gold's better because it's not yes. tainted yep uh and then uh bond at this point again forces himself on pussy galore eventually they, they sort of have a fight out in like a barn yes mm -hmm. they toss each other through the hay like she she does they're the in judo, kentucky and right? he has I don't know if you said there was a early Kentucky Fried Chicken in the background mm -hmm. of one of these, and yeah, he's got uh, race horses and that. Was that a product placement or just happened to be like? I don't know. The pro I don't know if they did product placement in the. Si I mean, they obviously did in the sixties, but in the Bond movie, I don't know. This seems weird to be like a British movie, and we're like KFC. You're right. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe KFC was more highly regarded back then. But I don't uh, know if it was as. Famous, right? It, it might have just been, oh, Kentucky. Oh, yeah. You know, we've got the Derby. We've got, yeah, yeah, the it was chicken, like more whiskey, of a, and more the of a, chicken. More of a local thing there. Yeah. Where it was before a big thing. Uh, and then uh, I had blondes and planes uh, gas out guards. We've talked about that. Uh, Bond disarms the Bond disarms the bomb and says uh, he blew a fuse. Oh yeah, as is one liner after he kills Odd Job, right? Yes, mm -hmm. he, he blew a fuse, and then. Uh, 
he he finally hooks up with Pussy Galore um, under a parachute at yes. the end. Mm-hmm. And that's how we end the movie. Like he, he jumps out of the plane right after they uh, it gets shot, and they yeah he has to eject himself out of the plane, has the parachute, and then finally convinces her, woos her enough under a parachute, like perfect Bond ending. Finally gets the girl that was saying no mm-hmm. under a parachute. So we'll take a quick break to uh, hear from the Prescribed Film Podcast Network, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. All right, welcome back. So we're going to go over some of the trivia, which we've covered um, extensively already through here, so I I, uh, will get rid of some of it, but... Uh, of course, jump in if you have any uh, yeah. corrections, because a lot of this stuff I just find on IMDb trivia. Some of it could be complete horseshit. Um, it's sort of just half-assed. I, I, I find it and put in here what I find interesting. So uh, the movie was the fastest grossing movie in movie history when it was released and was entered into the Guinness Book of World Records, which that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Like not just the fastest grossing Bond movie, but the fastest grossing movie, period. Wow. Um, Aston Martin was initially reluctant to part with two of their cars for the production. The producers Mm -hmm. had to pay for the Aston Martin, but after the success of this movie, both at the box office and for the company, they never had to spend money on a car again. Yeah, with the first two movies, it was Bentley's that he drove. But this Aston Martin, uh, yeah, became iconic. (laughs) Yeah, definitely sort of put him on the map. Uh, Pussy Galore introduces herself to James Bond, who replies, I must be dreaming. The original script had Bond replying, I know you are, but what's your name? Oh, oh God. This was deemed too, too suggestive <laughs> and was changed or bleeped Ooh. in some markets around the world, yeah. especially for the country of India, which, you know, pretty good comeback. Yeah? Uh, yeah, for 64. I mean, even now, that's oh, pretty crazy. That seems God. more like an Austin Powers one. Yeah. There's some There's some good ones. Uh, one, of, one of my favorites is, um, uh, it's, it's Lana Wood, uh, <laughs> who's uh, Natalie Wood's sister. Okay. And uh, Bond's sitting there, he's playing cards, and she walks over in a low-cut dress, kind of leans on the table and says, Hi, I'm Plenty. And he looks over and he says, Yes, you are. You certainly are. <laughs> no, silly, Plenty O'Toole. Named after your father, perhaps. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. <laughs> Woof. Uh, Gert Frobe spoke very little English. We talked a bit about this. Uh, so British actor Michael Collins dubbed his voice. Director Guy Hamilton instructed Frobe to speak his lines in German quickly, which would assist the dubbing. Reportedly, though, Frobe was speaking English in a few scenes, which reduces the awareness of the dubbing. In the trailer, Frobe's own heavily accented voice is heard when Goldfinger tells James, Choose your next witticism carefully, Mr. Bond. It may be your last. Honor, uh, Honor Blackman, sorry, was talking about that, uh, that the first time that she met him was when they started shooting, and... Uh, it's the scene where she's sort of laying down, um, I, I don't know, next to him, and he's sitting in a chair there in Kentucky. And so he starts talking, and she just hears this 
Blah, 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 blah. No idea what it says, but then she stops. So he stops and she's, she says in her head, she just went, well, I guess it's time for my line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, how do you respond to it? Don't know what he's saying. Uh, actually, this, this is sort of crazy. Uh, he actually dubbed his own voice in the German dubbed version of the movie. So he did the whole movie, then goes mm-hmm. back and redoes his own because they had... Him speaking so quick. Yeah. Oh, wow. So he dubbed himself. So it was like his voice, but not lined up completely. Oh, wow. Which is, would just be weird. Imagine going back and like redoing your own. Yeah. It's like sort James of... Bond Inception. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, Guy Hamilton saw him in a uh, German movie, uh, German language film, where he played a pedophile, and he thought you would be oh, yeah. perfect yeah. as a well, Bond that, film. That's what I was sort of curious, like, where they found him, because like I said, he at first definitely wasn't intimidating, you know, then right. they find out he's, mm-hmm. like, powerful, you know, it's not so much the, the mm-hmm. like, the villain we think of today. Mm-hmm. Um, the producers wanted Orson Welles to play Auric Goldfinger, oh, wow. but Welles was too expensive. Then... Gert Frobe began arguing over his salary because he wanted 10% from the movie's earnings, prompting the producers to wonder whether Wells would have been cheaper after all. <laughs> uh, Sean Connery hurt his back. He loves gold. Yeah, he does. Sean Sorry. Connery hurt his back during the fight sequence with Sakata Ajab uh, in Fort Knox. The incident delayed filming, and some say Connery used this injury to get a better deal out of the producers for the next 007. Oh, wow. Movie. Yeah. He was married to Diane, Sean Connery was married to Diane Salento at the time uh, and wore a flesh-colored bandage over his wedding ring while filming. So wouldn't take it off, but wore a flesh-colored band-aid over it. I, I can't imagine being married to this guy because he just, I mean, you know he's a character, but it's like, right. the dude is just like the most ladies' man of all time. Yeah. Uh, the first Bond movie to be shown on U.S. commercial television on a Sunday, September 17th, 1972, earning the highest Nielsen ratings for a single movie on television up to that time. Wow. 49% of the nation's viewers oh, wow. Holy tuned in on that shit. night. And you on ABC, which showed the movie, retained exclusive commercial U.S. television rights to the bomb film series for the next 28 years. Wow. Almost 50% of Americans. Wow. Turned in for a movie that was... This, this was 1972. The movie was almost 10 years old at that point. Wow. Eight years old. Eight years later. That's impressive. Yeah, that's really impressive. Yeah. Uh, of course, Steven Spielberg cites this as his personal favorite of all the Bond movies and even owns an Aston Martin DB5 due to the impact this movie had on him. Uh, George Lazenby and Pierce Brosnan named this as their favorite Bond mm-hmm. movie. Which, another, if another Bond tells you, like, this is Bond, right. that's pretty, you know, you, you trust their, uh, their judgment. Producers Harry Saltzman and Albert, D, R, Albert R. Broccoli. Yes. Were so determined to get Honor Blackman for the part of Pussy Galore that they had the actress's ability to perform judo written into the script. So they were like, we're going to write it into the movie, and now you sort of have to do it because uh, <laughs> you actually know judo. And I imagine, like, you know, sort of modern day, like Ronda Rousey, you know, mm-hmm. not, not a great actress, but if you need someone that can actually do judo and, and right. do those moves, you're going to hire her. They got, uh, in uh, Die Another Day, there's fencing, and they got Rosamund Pike, who's now better known for Gone Girl and another right. things, but she was an, uh, an Olympic... Uh, uh, fencer? Fencer. That's cool. I didn't know that. Wow. Hot chick that can fence. That's sort of scary. Yeah, yeah. right? <laughs> uh, Sir, Sir Alfred Hitchcock's favorite scene was when the old lady fires a machine gun. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> One of my favorite scenes, too. Oh, <laughs> so unexpected. Right, like, what the yeah. hell? Uh, yeah, that's that's a really fun scene. Wait, it reminded me of uh, Hot Fuzz. 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. That's definitely a reference. Yes. To yeah. Movie. Like I mean, it was just one another one of those scenes I've seen before. Yeah. Like and then come from? back to this movie. Like there's so many of those. That whole scene was really we didn't really touch on much, but that's the ejection seat when mm-hmm. he's trying to escape. And he's going all over the place, and it's like he's up here, he's up here. He just yeah. he's like all over. Then he the place. starts playing chicken. Yeah, and then there's bo- of course there's high stack cardboard boxes yes. strategically placed around needed, that he can run into. They needed Benny Hill music <laughs> playing. <laughs> I mean, because he's just especially <laughs> yeah, especially when you can tell they they speed up the film to make it yeah. look like mm-hmm. he's going faster. Uh, very much like a product of that time. Now we don't do that anymore, and it's very obvious. But um, it's just funny when he like turns a cor- sharp corner and there's just like <laughs> happens to be twenty boxes high cardboard boxes that fall over for dramatic uh, mm-hmm. there's a, like the cart was chasing them there's a few times they like ran over barrels and were dragging like mm-hmm. i was like i don't think they were probably was supposed to do that but they're like stuck under the front bumper right uh this is the only movie where where sir sean connery's james bond orders a martini shaken not stirred and dr no everyone who served him a martini said it himself or herself so you were correct when you said uh this is the only one where connery mm-hmm. orders it shaken not stirred uh, Bond states that drinking Dom Perignon 53 above the temperature of 38 degrees Fahrenheit is as bad as listening to the Beatles yes. without earmuffs. Yeah. Uh, Shirley Bassey's title theme song is credited as being produced by the Beatles producer George Martin, but was in fact overseen by John Barry. Paul McCartney recorded the theme song for Live and Let Die, produced by George Martin. Future Bond girl Barbara Bach married yes. Beatle Ringo Starr in 1981. Yep. So there's like this big tie-in. I thought that was sort of a like a blast man i'm like mm-hmm. is a british movie like you guys don't like the beatles or was it just because they were so big at the time it was sort of well, like i mean it was 1963 okay when they were recording like, it filming it right so yeah. they or were just these like the young mop, upstarts yeah the right? mop top Mop-tops. guys not so much respected as real right artists, sort of like the the teen g- girls loved them not so much as yeah, the, they were like in sync yeah yeah basically of, at that time yeah the british invasion that makes more sense because i was like you would think bond would be into to the Beatles, but yeah, he's an it, older make, generation and it at make, that yeah, point. Yeah, when they were like, yeah, the old the dad sort of hated them. Yeah. Um, and the last thing I had on here, despite being known for his deadly hat, Ajab only kills one person with it, Tilly. He kills three other people in a movie: one by skin suffocation, another by shooting him, and the last by throwing him off a high structure. Mm-hmm. But he only kills one person with a hat, and that was the one scene where I was like. Is she dead? Yeah. Right. But it's weird because that's such an ingrained, like, important part of the Bond franchise is that hat throwing. I mean, he, mm-hmm. they throw the shoe in yeah. awesome yes. powers because it's, it's such a ridiculous <laughs> thing. But, uh, you know, it, like I said, I've never seen this movie, never seen a full Bond movie, but I definitely, I knew a guy that, you know, odd job threw the hat. Yep. Did, did, what was the guy in the the game, the GoldenEye game uh, that you, like... The, odd job. But why was he, he's tiny, right? <laughs> In in another movie, there is a little person. Okay. And I feel like they sort of blended the two of them. Okay. Because I was like... I, I know. Saw, it was always like one of the rules. You don't gets, play his right, odd job right. because you can never shoot it. Right. It's cheating. Yeah. yeah, basically. And so, yeah, I was like, he's he's not like a super tall guy in this movie, but he's not like... Yeah, I mean, he was only like a couple inches shorter right, than yeah. John Connery. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I thought that was... Because I've known, I just always assumed Odd Job in the movies was going to be like a little person. Yeah, like when I first saw him in this movie, I was like, "No, <laughs> yeah. he's he's this big." It's he's... funny that like people from uh, our age group, like who haven't seen the movies, just our knowledge is completely based on Awesome Powers and uh, the Golden Knight N sixty four game, which we played all the time. Yeah, uh, oh, it was so much fun. That that game, like, 
it has to be one of the most popular games. We would spend hours. Yeah. Hours just sitting together with friends. I was always the one that was like probably the, no my we would get my sister to play and she was the worst yeah there was always one person that sucked at it yep and um i would yeah i would invite my sister because that made me suck less she was awful <laughs> at it yeah. but i i had some friends who were killers on it and it was frustrating to play my nba yes. jam was more mine i could i could nice. murder people in nba jam or mortal Kombat, but not that for some yeah. reason like i just the pressure of it you know and first person shooters have never been my thing yeah. i I go all wonky with the controller. I can never figure out which way. Up and down. Yeah. Yep, yep. If since you played the game, if if you are looking for more Bond movies, uh, Goldeneye might be a good one. And the beginning of the Goldeneye movie is going to be very familiar. Okay. To you. <laughs> I I do remember seeing the scene. There's a there's a scene that's notoriously made fun of. I think from one of Pierce Brosnan's movies where he's like snowboarding down a mountain and there's an avalanche. Yeah, not in that movie. And, oh, yeah, but yes. And yeah, it's there's, like the CG's really, really bad, right? Because mm-hmm. at that time... There's like a surf one. Maybe. There might be. There, yeah. There's a couple. Uh, and I might be mixing it up with that awful surf scene in uh, Escape from L.A. because that's, that's really bad too. Well, there's some... Yeah, there's some... It's just that time era. Cause it that is. Was, that was it 96. Is. Like, they they got to... Um, they thought they were, they were better than it was. Like... Uh, Jurassic Park blew everyone away. It still looks yes. great. And then they're yep. like, oh, we can do this with computers on the cheap. Let's do it. And it was like, no, no. Still, unless you're Spielberg, like, yeah. you can't do these visual effects. Like, you think of, like, what the Scorpion King looked like. Complete. Oh, it looked oh. like something out of, like, Doom. It looked like yeah. sh- complete shit. You know, the rock looked like a, like a square. Mm. Uh, you can see the pixels. Just truly awful. But, uh, you know, I don't. I don't want to. That's. Yeah. It's bad that that's like my my point of reference for Pierce Brosnan. Right. <laughs> <laughs> As we're on Bond trivia, let me give you just one one more. Give me twenty so. more, man. Whatever you know, I want to hear it all. Uh, so the the Bond theme, um, which, yeah, I was gonna. I can't do it. Uh, you gonna sing for us? Yes, when it was originally. Uh, oh God, what did I say? I told you this earlier. Is it Robert Townsend? Uh, is doing the guitar in no, the uh, original. No, the dude from Led Zeppelin, uh, Robert Plant. Oh, okay. Or is it Robert Plant? Uh, one of the guys from yes. Led Zeppelin, yeah, because he did this, the music for the oh yeah uh, Death Wish movies later. Yes, yeah, yes, he's doing the guitar yeah. riff on Before that. He was, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Like I, I had read that somewhere too, and uh, he didn't like it wasn't known until later when he yeah. casually like brought it up. He's like, oh yeah, I played oh, yeah. on the on the Bond theme. That's really cool. Uh, John Barry. Um, so it was um, okay. John Barry did the the score right uh, on this one, and this one's the first one where. Uh, I mean, the Bond theme, when most people think of, like, the Bond score, this is the Bond score that they think of. That's mm-hmm. cool twangy guitar. Yeah. And yes. that one. Yeah. Yeah. So the first person to hear it um, was uh, couch surfing on John Barry's, at John Barry's apartment or house at the time. Uh, it was um, Malcolm McDowell and uh, his roommate were kind of kicked out of their place for being loud and obtrusive and... That yeah. sort of stuff. And so I don't know where Malcolm McDowell went, but the other person was Michael Caine. So Michael Caine was Michael the first, Caine, mm-hmm. you know, who's first sort of, person to hear the, well, that, that, the score. You think about like, uh, what is what are the movies called? The Gold... Uh, Italian Job? No, the newer ones with Michael Caine as like the... 
the golden circle, the what, you know. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. The something Kingsman. Men. Kingsman, yeah. yes. Yeah, I mean, that clearly Bond inspired, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and it's crazy to think Michael Caine never played Bond or even like in the movies. Right, like, yep. he, but he's but he's Austin Powers' dad. Right, yes. and and he and, uh, yeah, and he, he was the first one to hear the score. That's cool. And he, he and Connery were couch, buddies. He's couch surfing and. That what a small world, you know. Yeah, right. Just to think that Malcolm McDowell and Michael Caine <laughs> yeah. were couch surfing together. I, I want to be like hanging out that. Yeah. Place, you know, while he's writing the yeah. Bond uh, score. Yeah. In the early sixties. With, uh, yeah, that's Clockwork Orange and mm-hmm. wild stuff, man. Uh, yeah, that's what I had for trivia. But um, as far as like the Bond. Would you would you recommend like if I'm going to continue that I continue with the Sean Connery ones or do I jump around and get a taste for other Bonds and see what I like? Oh, jump around. Yeah. <laughs> Every Bond has something different, and I mean, not all the. There's a reason I chose this one. Uh, this has some cringy moments. Some of the others have some more cringy moments. But every Bond movie is going to have something good and something. Eh. Uh, I didn't think there was too many in this one. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, you have to take in consideration, like I said, the time period is released. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, it's not as bad as a lot. Like as far as some of the PC stuff, you know, there's there's mm-hmm. a lot worse stuff. And oh yeah, like, this was not that bad. Uh, uh, Casino Royale. Uh, it, they take it in the universe of Bond. <laughs> uh, Casino Royale with Daniel Craig. There's an earlier right, Casino Royale. Right. That's what I was going to ask you too. Is, is are they same story or uh, it's based on the same material but it came out before um the rest of the bond movie so is standalone the, the the original one is um four different people play bond including woody allen Ooh. and uh, speaking of yeah it, it, like it it's a mess is it considered it's, canon though is it part no. of like the franchise no no it's, no okay. it's it's more of a spoof on movies that hadn't happened yet, um, I think there'd been uh, the TV. Sh- I think there'd been like a TV movie, a Bond that came out first, and then there was this Casino Royale. So it was in the the, the books were out. Um, uh, it, there's another non-canon one with Sean Connery playing James Bond. Wow. <laughs> in um. Well, when I was like reading through these, and I was like, I saw Thunderball, right? Yes. I was like, that that's a Bond movie. Yes. I was like. I never, I I saw that and I thought it was a stand mm-hmm. like a standalone sort of like maybe another spy movie, but I didn't, I, I didn't realize how I mean twenty six movies. I was like mm-hmm. I can probably name five of them maybe, on a, but twenty six like actually Thunderball is the one. So there was a rights issue where the Bond, uh, the the script of Thunderball became property of someone else. And whereas the rest of the Bond franchise and that sort of stuff continued. And eventually, I don't know if it was the early 80s or the late 70s, whoever had the the rights to the script of Thunderball was able to make a new James Bond movie that's non-canon, but they had to use the same script as Thunderball. And so they have Sean Connery. It's called Never Say Never Again. It sounds like a Bond movie. It sounds, <laughs> and it's because Sean Connery... Sean Connery made uh, five Bond movies, and then he quit. George Lazenby came in, and then he came back, and he made Diamonds Are Forever, and he said he would never do it again. And then years later, wow, he comes back, and they named the movie Never Say Never Again. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, and it's got uh, Kim Basinger. Okay, wow. <laughs> so everything comes back full circle. Yeah, when was that? Uh, early 80s, late 70s. I don't so she's pretty really young. remember. She's pretty young. Yeah, I was, yeah, that's what's sort of crazy about it is like 
some of the names that were in these mm-hmm. young, especially like the Bond girls, you know, uh, some of the names that end up being uh, like Halle Berry was one, sure. right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I remember at the time that was sort of controversial. Was she sort of like, uh, at the she time, was the first Oscar winner to be a Bond girl. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and of course, Benicio del Toro is a uh, henchman in one of the uh, Timothy Dalton. Oh wow! I think it's License to Kill. Um, it, he's pretty memorable. So I think about like you know, separate entries that aren't considered part of the franchise, like Manhunter, sort of its own mm-hmm. thing, mm-hmm. and yes. the Hannibal Lecter stories. It's interesting because you know now, obviously, with Hannibal the the series, we think of uh, you know we have a new Hannibal Lecter, but we always sort of thought as Anthony Hopkins for the longest time. At least I did. Mm-hmm. That is oh, yeah. him, even though he wasn't necessarily the first, but. I think a lot of people's mind, like Sean Connery, just is 007. Everybody came after just sort of mm-hmm. was, you know, playing an extension of him. But like, yeah, I mean, where do you like? I'm not going to ask you to rank right. all 12 of them or anything. But like, what are your? I mean, you. you said well, I you think like, so. I think the 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 10 or 12, whatever it is. I think that's counting all the people that did it in the Casino Royale. Okay, or, so the as well because yeah. uh, there's there, <laughs> there's been Sean Connery as far as the canon 26 movies or whatever sean connery did six of them george lazenby did one roger moore did seven uh timothy dalton did two uh pierce brosnan did four and now daniel craig uh the one that comes out will be his fifth okay so it really is just sort of a small handful yes and that counts okay quentin tarantino wanted to do a bond film uh when pierce Bro- uh, he wanted to make the fifth pierce brosnan movie really? but he wanted to set it in the 60s Oh, Which man. I think would have been fantastic. Yeah, that would have been cool. Yeah. I always, yeah, think about, like, there's been, he wanted to do a Halloween, like Halloween 6, I think mm. it was. He's I'm wanted, still holding, crossing my fingers for the Star Trek. Yeah, the Star Trek. <laughs> like, he gets these wild hairs up his ass, and then he decides, like, no. And, and just today, uh, he was sort of making the rounds promoting his Once Upon a Time in Hollywood novel that's coming out. And he's like, I might just not make any more movies because he thinks about some of these directors later in their careers. He's like can you name any director besides maybe Kubrick and just because he died, yeah. like that ended their career on a high note. He's like, they go out, he's like, you see people that have like, you know, outside of like Spielberg or something. It's like so, so many of these guys I respected. And then there's a point where the, the film world passes them by and they continue making movies and they start making like, at least like they end on like two stinkers that people yeah. forget about. And then people remember those. Quentin, rather than Sidney they... Pollock before <laughs> the devil knows you're dead. Mm-hmm. He was talking about, um, the guy who did Escape from Alcatraz, I don't remember the director. I don't remember. But he was saying, like, if he would have quit after that, he's like, you know, he would have been met, remembered as a legend, and then he went on and just did a bunch of, high, like, for higher directing jobs. And he's like, they weren't necessarily pieces of crap, but they were nothing. Like, he's remembered for, though, like, being a jobber, like someone that got right. hired rather than, like, a filmmaker. And, uh, you know, it's, it's like a double-edged sword on these movies because yeah they're huge budgets you have fun you know it's like i would love an edgar wright 007 that'd be fucking awesome yeah. you know yep. he, he would he would do it but like he's got such an established career do you jump into a franchise and do it um you know and, and daniel craig what the last two or three movies has been threatening like i'm out this is my last one yes and then, and then he's he's come back it's like you know what what do you want to see and like do you have any ideas for a future bond i mean Oh. What is it, Eldest Eyebrow? Like they keep yeah, he just yeah, Idris all Idris, yeah, yeah. Idris, but uh, I he's getting he's up a, there. He's in age a little already. old. He's a little mm-hmm. long in the tooth. Uh, I think Reza Med oh, yeah. would be that would a be good choice. Cool. 
Uh, I want uh, Dev Patel. Okay. Um, from Lion and yeah, uh, uh, I think he would be good. Although in that Green Knight movie, which is coming out this yeah. summer, that's one that the A twenty four movie. Yeah. It looks uh, awesome. So yeah, I would like to see. I mean, there's a a ton of it. That's another long conversation. Is people who have been rumored to be Bond, like Sam Neill, and huh. there's a bunch of interesting. There are some Americans like in the seventies and and maybe even 80s that were rumored or even auditioned like there's there's film of Sam Neill auditioning to really? Bond and uh-huh. uh, yeah I can't pull any other he, names he's right gonna now, be in the new Jurassic Park movie he's back is he mm-hmm. like I, that kind of I we'll see I mean yeah yeah I mean now now you got me thinking of like when he was younger, Jeff Goldblum as the, oh, mom, mom, sure. excuse me. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shaken. Yeah. He might be a better villain, but like, uh, yeah. I'd like to see them go with a person of color. I don't, I don't, I'm not one of the people that's opposed to having a woman be 007, but I, I'd like to see a person of color. Yeah. That'd be cool. Like, I'm kind of interested sorry. in the, uh, the new movie is, um, they've gotten better with the, uh, the directors before, for a long time, the the, the broccoli family and uh, the broccoli family. Yes, the broccoli family. Right now, <laughs> it's it's users. Barbara Broccoli. Bar- Barbara broccoli. broccoli. That's about that is the worst name ever. <laughs> is, uh, that's when you know you hate your child. <laughs> and and Michael Wilson are uh, in charge of uh, producing these movies and have own a lot of the IP, uh, like a majority of the IP. Uh, and for a long time, the broccoli family. Uh, hired directors that they could control a bit mm-hmm. more but recently with the daniel craig movies they've had sam mendez they've had more established directors this current one is uh the guy who did the first season of true detective carrie oh yeah carrie yeah. fuka that it was supposed to be doing he's supposed to do the it the original chapter mm-hmm. yes and it and yeah yes I didn't so know i'm excited to see this new one yeah that's ex- that does exciting because like i don't keep up with it because when when sure. the new one gets announced and all that information comes, as someone who hasn't seen them, I'm like, mm-hmm. eventually I'll get to them. And now, you know, I ha- I've I've gotten like my foot in the door. It's mm-hmm. a little less intimidating, but again, this is like you know, with so many films, it's also like I said, it's it's nice that it's one that you don't have to start at the beginning because mm-hmm. I'm never yeah, gonna. Get, it's episodic. Right. If I have to do that, I'm never like people always are like, have you seen this series? There's like twelve seasons. I'm like, I'm never doing that. No, I'm just, <laughs> if, if I have, you know, I'm never gonna get to Game of Thrones. I, I'm sure it's fantastic. I watched the first two seasons and I couldn't keep up with it. Because right. Yeah. People spoiled it before I could get to it. That's not gonna. I I know what's gonna happen in Bomb movies. Not saying that's a bad yep. thing, but I know what to expect going in. You know, it's not about the spoilers. It's about the spectacle. Yeah. It's about seeing. What's the he cool gonna shit. say? What's right. he gonna do? Right. And yeah. So, like I mean, if you had to start at the beginning with twenty five, it's too daunting. Right. I mean, it's intimidating. But it is a series that you can just jump in at any time. So well, and that's what it was on USA or TNT. That's one of the love it because you just turn on the TV and no matter where you are, you're in the middle of a Bond movie. Yeah, you kind of know. You follow along, like yeah, you're you can not pick lost. it up. Yeah, you're not lost on that. And the only thing you don't know is how many women has he slept <laughs> yeah, with already? Yeah, we're we're ten minutes in. How many has he been with? Fourteen. <laughs> Jeez. Well, yeah, he yeah at the beginning when he's like. Uh, Leaning right on the girl, who, she's she's you know feeding the information mm-hmm. into going. Why is she wearing like a bikini or a bra? Like she, yeah. she's like half dressed to feed. They're in Miami. I on know, the but beach. she's 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 not in the beach. She's, she's in the, in she's the sunbathing, sunbathing in the shade on the <laughs> patio. 
<laughs> Did you notice his terry cloth? Uh, <laughs> Blue terry cloth like onesie. Oh yeah, yeah. That he was wearing. Yeah, he only he could have pulled that off. Yeah, pretty awesome. So yeah, I'm excited uh, to get back into him. But thanks so much for introducing. Did you have any like last final thoughts on the Bond franchise? I mean, I didn't. You you know more than I even <laughs> expected. Like I love you have like this treasure trove of, of facts in your mind, and you, you knew more than uh, anyone I know. No, I don't. Uh, Derek and I today we went golfing. I want to, first. I want to thank you for dressing up and wearing a tuxedo. That was that was lovely. <laughs> it's, it's you know, very welcoming. Well, I mean, you, I knew I was having guests for the first time in person. I thought it might be a little overkill. But, uh, you know, especially I, because you turned the air conditioning off. Right. But, well, you know, I, I yeah. like to sweat it out too. It's it's like a bond tactic. I'm seeing if I can sweat you guys out. <laughs> right. And uh, Derek and I tried the uh, the Vesper Martini mm-hmm. today. Um, and did you get it shaken? We did. Yes. It was shaken. <laughs> uh, it's something it's, that I will have maybe one or two more times. That is, that's potent. He's yes, more of a man than I. Yeah. Am. Oh man, yeah. Where, where was this at? Uh, Spirit Hollow. Did you guys do like a ball switch, or did you have like a cool hat throwing caddy? Damn it, we messed up. Yeah, we didn't do it well. No, we lost so many balls. Oh, God. <laughs> I've never, I, I, I will say I've went with somebody who was golfing once, but mm-hmm. I've never golfed. I like drove the golf cart because that's uh, the best part. But uh, I did work at a putt-putt, so I'm pretty much an expert. <laughs> I could be on the PGA. That was my one of my favorite jobs. I, speaking of intimidating, I watched the entire Seinfeld from beginning to end oh, working wow. that job at the putt-putt because we had a TV oh, damn. in there, and Seinfeld came on at the same time every day, and they showed like four episodes. Put put you you hand someone a ball in a club and you don't do anything you just you exist there to hand yeah. the thing and take money so I would watch it on the TV and that summer I made it and that now I'm obviously a huge Steinfeld fan mm-hmm. because of that but you know if maybe I need another job where I just sit and do nothing so I can watch all the Bond movies or you know if if you're listening and you mm-hmm. want to like sponsor the podcast at the point where I can quit my job <laughs> yeah. I know like uh, I think it's Matt Gorley and. Oh, I'm drawing a blank on his other on the other yes. guy's name. They have uh, James Bonding, right? The podcast. Yes. Uh, yes. It's Matt Myra. Yes. Matt Myra. That used to be yes. a nerdist. Uh, and I've always wanted to listen. I love Matt Gorley. I listen to mm-hmm. Gorley and Rust. Like his podcast, he he uh, actually produces uh, Conan's podcast. Fantastic uh, podcaster, and they have a James Bond one. And he brings up he references it in all of his podcasts. Mm-hmm. James Bond, like that's his uh, like sort of passion. Him and Matt Myra love it and. I'm not, from your nodding, I assume you've listened to it. I have, yeah. yes. Yeah. A I, lot of it, at least. Yeah, they. I think they cover it in great detail. And, and there was even a time, I remember, this is sort of dating me, but back when G4 was a channel, I think it's back now. Mm-hmm. But um, Matt was Matt Meyer was on there as like a host some, from time to time, and he did a clip where uh, he inserted himself into a Bond like clip when they were show, They were like, you know, we have a clip from the new Bond movie with, uh, it was one of the Daniel Craig ones, maybe the first mm-hmm. one. And there's a scene where he's at like an art gallery and he, okay. he like, uh, or looking at something, maybe art gallery and he like somehow green screen himself into the movie and it was pretty funny. But, um, yeah, I've never, I haven't seen Daniel Craig ones yet, but I feel like I need to get one of those. Casino Royale is a pretty good entry point mm-hmm. if you want to watch it. Uh, I, the new one was supposed to come out what last March or April yes. and, it's been, and then it it's got pushed to Thanksgiving. Been, yeah. Then yeah. it got pushed. Now was it this Thanksgiving? I think so. Yeah, so a full year. Yes. But it seems like almost like a year and a half. Yeah. With Quiet Place too, like that. Is, yeah. That, that really busted like busted open the box office, showing studios like people want to go back to the theater and see things, new things, and 
Bond films are good ones to see. Yeah. It's a spectacle. It's... I, I just hope that it stays that way with Amazon buying out MGM yes. like that. We don't just get... I mean, everything... There's always going to be a home for theaters, but something... I mean, this show is like Quiet Place Part 2 did not go to HBO Max or anything right. else. And so you had to go to a theater to see it. And people showed up for it. People, And, you know, I think people will continue coming to Bond films as long as they keep making good ones. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see what they go with because I think... Is it pretty much confirmed this is Daniel Craig's last? I would be, yeah, I think he's over 50 now, and I would be he's shocked if he continues. Now. He, he's yeah, got Knives Out He's got that franchise, yeah. which was fantastic, too. He's, he's great yeah. at that. And so. if, if you watch the Bond films, he it's physical for him okay, to yeah. do that. Yeah, I, I mean, even if you, you know, stunt doubles, whatever you have, it's still a very physical task. I mean, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks, Thank you Darren. for having us. What, where, I had where, a blast. Yeah, where can people listen to Campfire Indoctrination? Oh, it's on all all the things that we can. Yeah, <laughs> any place that you can find podcast that you listen to podcasts, you can find us there. We're Spotify. on. Uh, yeah. you, you might have to. Uh, I, the name is my fault. Uh, you might have to put it in the search thing as um, Campfire Indoctrination. Indoctrination is one word. <laughs> Okay. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook, on uh, Twitter, on Instagram. We sporadically come out. We have a bunch uh, yeah. in the hopper that uh, we're working on. Uh, we're trying to get better about that. Yes, we are. But it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I was on for Velvet Buzzsaw. Yes, you were. And, and we're having you on in the future. Yes. It's going to come out about a year after we record it. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's all good. I've I actually have held on to like episodes for a rainy day uh, at times just as to have as backups ones that me and Nikki will record like after we watch something mm -hmm. you know. Sure. And so uh, I completely understand it's good, but uh, yeah. What what do you guys have in like? Do you have you you guys have one coming out soon, or you have that you can talk about, or you want uh, to keep ready or not should come out soon. Mm, yeah, we've got uh, Midsummer, which I'm trying to get done by June twenty first. Is that the first um, day of summer? Yes. Okay, makes sense. Um, yeah, the new got... Pet Cemetery will be coming out at some point. Um, Doctor Sleep. Yes. So you guys have some Damnation can... Alley. Yes. So I know editing yeah. can be like a task in itself. It's it takes longer than recording. So. Yes. yes. Uh, and it's not nearly as fun. No, not at all. <laughs> but we have some fun ones. Coming. Yes. That's exciting. Where like... I was crying. Uh, yeah, the recent ones. We have or the purge. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, tigers are not afraid. Tigers are not afraid was good. Uh, the thing, the thing. Oh, yeah, classic the thing. Yeah, so, check us out if you enjoyed this. <laughs> <laughs> We're part of the PFPN. Yes. Yes. Fun podcast family. I'm so glad. Thank you and so it's, much. Dad. It's cool to be like, like I said, in person doing this. Uh, yeah. Face to face, it it's just a whole different thing, especially with three people. It's Sometimes you find yourself talking over each other. Mm -hmm. You don't get those um, social cues that you get in, in person. Yes. So, uh, yeah, great to have you guys in person. I oh, appreciate it. Thank it's a you. lot of fun. Thanks again for listening to today's episode. If you enjoy the show, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. A special thank you goes out to my friend Scott Schreiner for our intro and outro music. We'll see you next week on First Time Podcast. I thought I'd find you in good hands.
Felix. Felix, how are you? Dink, meet Felix Leiter. Hello. Felix, say hello to Dink. Hi, Dink. Dink, say goodbye to Felix. Hmm? Uh, man talk. 